This is... Uh, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. We're going live. We're going live. God damn it. This is... Oh, no. <laughs> Shit, I did it again. Right. Three, two, one. Go. This episode of The Education of Josh, we slap on our sunglasses, we jump in the Oldsmobile, and we head out to Chicago. That's right, folks. Josh is looking at the Blues Brothers. And welcome to the education of Josh. Uh, I'm your host, Phil Hobden, uh, host of Ross and Phil Talk Movies, as well as blogger at www.philhobden.co.uk. With me is Josh Morris. Hiya, Josh. Host of the Smoke Alarm podcast. I get a plug as well. I was going to do that. I was going to say, hi, Josh. And Josh is the host of the Smoke Alarm podcast and just a millennial who only watches Disney films. See, I, I want to object to that because I... I, I'd probably argue... How many times did any... you watch Beauty and the Beast? Doesn't matter. How many, times, <laughs> how many times did you watch Beauty and the Beast? I think, well, at the cinema, I think it was like four or five. Right. But, how um, many straight men watch Beauty and the Beast four or five times at the cinema? People who are comfortable with their own sexuality. Oh, um, that's fair. But, but anyway, like, I, I would probably argue that out of our, you know, the smoking lamb lot um, and yourself, that I'm probably one of the people who watch, like, the most modern-day films. So I don't only watch Disney films. And the, and the reason, like, oh, I haven't watched so many classics is I'm basically, like, half the age of everyone else. And and it's very hard to watch classics when you're so busy watching the latest Melissa McCarthy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right, Josh. I still haven't forgiven you for the um, that abysmal uh, comparison you did for Tango and Cash last time out. It is, though. Tango and Cash is the heat. Oh, we're not on Tango and Cash anymore. I mean, Jesus. Give it a break, man. Uh, even though it was me that brought it up. So, how you been, Josh? I've been good. I've been good. Um, I'm enjoying, during the podcast, we've had a, one alright film, one diabolical film, and then we've got the Blues Brothers, which I'm very interested in to uh, divulge my thoughts. Yeah, so... Okay, so what is the Blues Brothers? Well, the Blues Brothers was released in 1980 and is really one of those films that defines the term cult classic because on its initial release, it was a complete flop and really was only saved by kind of VHS and the, the kind of um, onset of VHS. So it's actually historically in the kind of the pantheon of films, it's quite an interesting one. So Jake Blues, just out of prison, puts together his old band to save the Catholic home where he and his brother were raised. I mean, that doesn't really give the film justice, but it's kind of impossible to tell you what the story of this film is, because the story is insane. Uh, stars John Belushi, the late John Belushi, in I think what which was his last screen performance, uh, alongside Dan Aykroyd, um, with cameos from James Brown, Cab Calloway, Ray Charles, the late Aretha Franklin... And the Blues Brothers band, including such awesome musicians as Matt Guitar Murphy, Tom Bones Malone and Willie Too Big Hall. It also features an awesome cameo by the one and only Carrie Fisher. So, what did others think of this film? So let's find out what others think before Josh. Uh, it currently sits at a hugely respectable, fresh status on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 83%. Audience score of 92%. This means basically this film is a smack bang classic. And some of the reviews 
Um, so, Variety. Given all the chaos, director and with Ackroyd co-writer, John Landis has managed to keep things reasonably controlled and in a straight line. Not sure I overly agree with that one. The Blues Brothers is by any objective standard a messy wreck. That it is so does not in any way change the fact that it's an absolutely wonderful movie from uh, a guy called a guy Agony and Ecstasy. Uh, and just to give you someone from Time magazine, there's a bit of balance, a demolition sympathy, a symphony, sorry, that works with the cold efficiency of a Mog synthesizer gone sadistic. Probably should have read that one first. I might actually have been able to read it. Um, yeah. So it's fair to say, look, at its time, The Blues Brothers was a hugely controversial film. It has some really controversial moments in it. And it was, you know, quite frankly, you know, not the most successful film, but found a massive, massive kind of afterlife um, on VHS, etc. So why do I think this film is good, Josh? Well, much like Empire Records, I think the overriding thing is the soundtrack. This film has a killer soundtrack, probably one of the best soundtracks of a movie ever. Uh, it's a soundtrack that I've replayed, I've sung to at karaoke, and I've dressed up as the Blues Brothers. Also, the Ooh, which one? The small fat one. Uh, thank you. Uh, also, the cast. I mean, what a cast. Uh, coming off the back of the Saturday Night Live sketch, uh, this film is full of awesome names. I gave you some at the beginning. Uh, thirdly, and uh, my third reason why I really, really adore the film, because it is such a fucking disaster at times. It makes no sense. I mean, genuinely, you look back and go, Nazis, cars flying... Music, bands, what? But, I mean, what a hot mess this film is. So, those are my reasons why I really liked it. But, this isn't about my opinion. So, Josh, what did you think of the Blues Brothers? Okay, so I'll, I'll agree with you, the soundtrack is superb. It's great. <laughs> well, if this, isn't, if this isn't the definition of damning by fake praise, but carry on. <laughs> it's, no, the soundtrack is very entertaining. I listen like, to it. She's got nice Steve. legs. <laughs> I I just kind of didn't get it. Like, so I knew it was based on the um, Saturday Night Live sketches before it, and I watched it, and I was just like, I don't get it. Like, it's a comedy film, but apart from like one scene, I don't think I laughed or smirked or like smiled. I I just didn't understand it. I, just, I was just like, I was watching it going, I don't get why I'm supposed to be laughing. Like the, the whole subplot with Carrie Fisher, I was like, what the fuck is this shite? Like, this, is, this is ridiculous, but not like slapstick comedy ridiculous. It, it was just ridiculous. I just didn't find it entertaining. I, I, I know what you mean. Like It is kind of entertaining in that it is com a complete disaster of a film, I think, in that it is a hot mess. I don't know if it was intended to be or it was just done on the cutting floor, but it, just seems to make no sense. It's ridiculous. So it is some entertainment from that, but I just kind of watched it. I was like, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get what's good about it. How can you not love a film that has Frank Oz, John Candy, uh, Twiggy, uh, Charles You Napier, can, you can list the cast, Williams. but unless, you know, they're memorable or used in a good way, I'm not going to be like... But did you oh, not wow. find, like, again, and I know we had this same thing with Tango and Cash, but did you not find that the... The, just the, that pairing, that that kind of that kind of, I guess, stony um, awesomeness of, of John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. You know that that kind of ability to get blown up by a in a building and just walk out and dust yourself down. 
you know, it, 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 it is actually, I would say it's almost a farce. It's a farcical comedy. It's kind of up there with, with I don't know, things like, you know, a modern film would be something like the Grand Budapest Hotel, which is a complete and utter farce that, you know, where story is almost second to what happens to the characters within it. I, I'll admit, you know, I did like the characters. Well, not even the characters. I like the deadpan performance. I'm a big fan of deadpan when everything's losing their shit. You know, their, their suits just get considerably dirtier. And the bit I actually, like, the only bit I chuckled at, or just quite liked, was the bit, like, one of the very last scenes where they go, uh, they make it, you know, to the um, tax department on time, pay off the bills, turn around, and then there's, like, 200 guards putting guns and I just like that because it's like, oh, yeah, America is that ridiculous. That would probably happen in terms of, you know, <laughs> they're like, send everyone, send the army, send the navy. What about this war? Forget about it. There's two musicians on the run. <laughs> so I, thought, I kind of like thought that was quite believable. So I chuckled on that. But, uh, yeah, I just watched it and I just didn't really find it funny. So um, it, it is a bizarre film, I'd say, with the Nazis. Which well, I mean, it makes no color. sense. I mean, so they break out of prison. They they find God, they put a band back together, they play one gig in a back outback kind of pub. They then play another gig in a concert hall where loads of police want to arrest them. Then they trash two hundred cars, and then they pay off a tax bill when they're in prison and they're singing jailhouse rock. And they've I mean, got Nazis. Oh, you forgot the support with Kerry Fisher, who uh, who just blew she was married to, ran away, and then she blows him up with uh, C four rocket launcher, shoots him. Who is she? <laughs> but okay, look, let, let's talk about moments. Let's talk about the songs. Let's talk about the, the you know the, the the kind of routines in the film. I mean, obviously for you, it's going to resonate slightly less, and I don't mean that to sound patronising. I genuinely don't, because obviously you won't have that connection with some of the musicians, but. Seeing such iconic artists like um, James Brown and Cab Calloway and Ray Charles in that film, kind of at the height, of, and obviously Aretha Franklin, um, who yeah recently passed away. You know that that was just for me. That was kind of one of the things I loved about this movie is that that it you know one minute you're looking at one star, next minute you look at another star, next minute you're looking at something else. So I guess. That's one of the reasons why I love it, because it's just... I just adored those musical sequences. See, like, some of the live songs, I was just... Um, again, it felt weird, because I was like, oh, wait, is this now a musical? And then I was like, oh, no. No, but it is a musical. It's exactly but, a musical. It's like, but then, like, there's only, like, a couple of songs in it, and I'm like, I, again, I just don't get what this film is. Oh, well, um, I'm going to pull you up on a couple of songs, Josh. Uh, there is the James Brown song. There is the uh, song in the Roadhouse. Um, there is two songs in the auditorium at the end. There's a song at the very end of the. No, film. no, no. But but then it's times of. So you've got when they're performing, which is fine. I get that, like a normal film that sing. But then it turns into a musical in terms of people singing their dialogue, which they they contrast in different styles. You know, if you know, um, what the line? Every time Johnny Cash sings a performance, it doesn't really make it a musical. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would still say that that's a. I think there's a yeah, there's an interesting definition of of what is a musical, I guess. To me, a musical is 
if they've like um, sung a song, sung a song, if, you know, once I mean, that would help, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it's my home song, now, you know, once, like, if basically you're exchanging a conversation that happened with a song. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, no, I get that. You mean like, uh, like Beauty and the Beast, for example? Yeah, no, that is a musical, yeah. It's a damn good musical. Uh, yeah, hey, you know, I, I didn't hate it. Um, so what's your highlight? What was the, what was the thing you really, really enjoyed about the movie? Um, I did love the deadpan of Aquid and Belushi. I mean, it, 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 there's very little better deadpan than that in the history of cinema, I think. Because I'm, I don't think I've seen many John Belushi films. Well, to be fair, there aren't many John Belushi films. I mean, if you look at kind of the history of, of his kind of film career, you've got, uh, obviously you've got this, you've got Animal House. Um, you've got Neighbours, which was his actual last film, which is, I mean, I'm going to be honest and say it's not great. Uh, 1941, which is the lesser Steven Spielberg movie. And that's kind of it. I mean, there's some kind of smaller performances. There's Saturday Night Live. There's some kind of cameos and other things. But, you know, Animal House, Blues Brothers, 1941, and then Neighbours is kind of it for, for John Belushi. Um, probably... You know, going back and watching some of his Saturday Night Live stuff is good because actually that's some really interesting kind of uh, like late 70s, early 80s comedy. See, I always got like, because he, he died young and then he, there was another Saturday Night Live who's like a good comedy who died young. What was his name now? Uh, there was John uh, Candy. I mean. No, no, not John Candy. Uh, large Gentleman. He was in Tom, uh, Chris Farley. Oh, I mean, okay. I mean. No, but yes. What do you mean? Yes, he died young. Yes, he was Saturday Night Live. Funny? Mm. <laughs> <All right. laughs> mm. I think I think subjective terminology on that one is probably um you know, let's look at the, the great pantheon of Chris Farley movies that included Tommy Boy, Beverly Hills Ninja, Conehead, <laughs> Black Sheep. I mean, let's be honest. John Belushi is not rolling around in his grave out of fear for this. Uh, he was in Wayne's World, but as a security guard. And that was a vital part of what made Wayne's World Wayne's World. Absolutely. Party People time. were leaving the cinema was like, oh, that security guard, mate. <laughs> Party time. Excellent. So um, I don't think Chris Farley deserves to be put in the same uh, same kind of category as. Oh no, sorry, I don't think uh, John Belushi deserves to have Chris Farley put in the same category as him. Uh, they're both died young and they're both fat. Oh well. Um, <laughs> ask me the question. So, Josh, does this film hold up today? I'm liking it to Empire Records. If you remember, I was very like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm going to go, yeah. This time I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go more now. No, it doesn't. I'm kind of, I, again, and I think we said similar thing with Tango and Cash. I don't disagree. Um, this film is very much of its time. And like many cult films, it holds that special place to someone that would have watched it younger or seen it or had a connection with the soundtrack who owned the soundtrack on tape than, you know, CD. I think someone picking up this film for the first time now, much like you, I would have expected your. Re I would have expected this reaction. So actually, I don't disagree with you on this one. I think it's it's not the most accessible of movies. It's not the most narrative driven of films. I, yeah, I don't disagree. 
as much as it pains me to say. But I still love it. So for my millennial recommendation... Empire Records, it, I think obviously. Millennial recommendation. I think uh, an obvious one, I think, would be the Harold and Kumars, but I'm not going to go that way. Oh my God. I I'd, think actually, if you, I'd actually lean down this microphone and punch you if you suggested that. I think if you want a good kind of like road trip movie where shit happens, good chemistry towards the main characters... I'm going to go for the remake of Vacation. No, I'm not, I'm not going for Vacation. No I'm going to go for Where the Millers. Uh, oh, I like Where the Millers. Uh, Where the Millers was class. Uh, and and Phil is orgasming over that recommendation so you can tell it's good. I mean, I gave that film 5 out of 10. And that's probably... That score is probably higher than what I'd give Blues Brothers. No. No days. Nah, I'd actually probably give Blues Brothers a 4.9. A 4.9. That's just evil, Josh. Well, it's because I know that you love decimals, so I thought I'd... <laughs> Josh is, of course, referring to the fact that I have always held an issue with people that rate films out of 10, and even then with 10 different scoring marks still have to give a 0.5 I mean is there really that much difference between a 6.5 and a 7 yes definitely no. but um so what's our next film so okay so where do we go from here well I think we've discussed it quite a bit but Carrie Fisher uh was of course John Belushi's slightly psychotic ex didn't you find her really sexy in this film as well no I'm assuming you, you know, you the gold bikini, you, you know. Oh yeah, obviously. Okay, good. I'm just checking that we're. Yeah, I'm checking you at least have a pulse. Oh, do you reckon like that is probably the most like wankable, like <laughs> sort of tasteful in terms of not completely nude image in film history? Um, that and potentially, um, potentially up until that, I would say um, Ursula Andress in Doctor No. I've seen that film. Looking side to side. <laughs> you haven't seen Doctor... Oh, my God. Josh, another one for the list. Okay, I presume you're on about the beach picture. Yeah! I like you just citing Doctor No, and the thing that comes up is nothing about, like, James Bond. It's literally just the beach picture. Yeah. So I reckon it's that, then it's the gold bikini, and then it's probably... I'd have you gold bikini over that just because the gold bikini, I'd say, is more famous. Yeah, and then, then you've probably got... Then the, probably the next thing is probably, you know, a bit more racy, but potentially the, the scene in American Pie. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Ooh, or, or Jessica Rabbit. Or Jessica Rabbit, which is a little bit weird. But probably right up your street, I'm guessing. Well, no, but, like, it's weird, but you know it's so true. And I'm guessing right up your street. No comment. <laughs> if I don't answer, I can deny. It's 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 not Disney, so it's acceptable. Um, anyway, let's move away from that conversation. So, Carrie Fisher uh, starred in the Blues Brothers. Um, she was also in the very overrated but kind of enjoyable Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back from two thousand and one, alongside Chris Rock, who I had no idea was in AI artificial intelligence. Alongside Haley Joe Osment, who stars in next time's movie, The Sixth Sense. Right, I want to give an asterisk on this because obviously I know the twist. There's a twist. Like, 
Like, obviously, I know the twist. So I'm interested to see if this film holds up today and uh, knowing the twist beforehand, if it holds up. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really interesting experiment, isn't it? Because so, there's, there's so many films that I think once you know the twist, if you go back to it, the garbage in that, you know, they're a film that is all about one twist and when you revisit it, you're like, it just doesn't hold up. So that's what I'm quite interested in. Okay, cue the trailer. What's wrong? Don't move. Don't make a sound. I want to tell you my secret now. I see dead people. Ah! You ever feel the prickly things on the back of your neck? Yes. That's them. The Sixth Sense. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, August 6th. So next time up in two weeks, we will be back and we will, uh, well, Josh will be uh, giving his thoughts on the M. Night Shyamalamalamalong Six Sense with Bruce and, Willis and Ghosts. Plus, this is supposed to be like when he's good. And I've got a theory that even Which like one? the good uh, Shyamalamalamalong, um, this, you know, Six Sense is supposed to be one of his better films. And I've got a theory that I think Shyamalamalamalong his films are so bad that even his good ones aren't actually that good and people have sort of romanticised um, over them. I, do you know what? I, I haven't seen, I'll be honest, I haven't seen The Sixth Sense in a very long time. So it's going to be interesting to see what you think because, um, you know, again, at the time it was a film that, that, that you know, landed very, very well. Um, but with the passage of time, knowing the twist and kind of knowing that actually his career became a bit of a parody off the back of these movies yeah really really interesting so uh i've been phil i've been josh and this has been the education of josh we will be back in two weeks i see dead people Bye. everywhere especially bruce willis because he's dead inside yeah that's what i meant good and his career <laughs>